heard the Lord say, the Lord say to me this morning that 22 is going to be better than 21. I <laughs> yeah. yeah. uh, also heard the Lord say that for some of you, you've been fretting far too much. And you've been worrying about money and life and your life. And God says, hey, 22 is going to be a better year for you. Heard the Lord say it's time for some of you to go to rehab. And I'm not talking about the people that need to go to rehab. Because what I've discovered is Christians need a lot of rehab too. Why don't you just take a moment and dedicate your life anew to God this morning again? The old is gone, the new has come. I think sometimes cliche Christian words that are Bible words that we just throw in the top drawer junk drawer where actually God says hey do you really believe that I've made all things new <laughs> do you feel new because you're supposed to if you don't feel new then there's something not right maybe 22 is the year you put it right and that's sometimes requiring you to go into the, the fire you know, fire is a real bad place to be sometimes and yet it's where God does most of his work it's in that refining that he wants to do something this year. The question is, how hungry are you? 22, every year God just says, hey, this year's a year of hunger. A year of hunger, that's what I'm committing to, to get more hungry for the things of God, more hungry for the presence of God, more hungry for him, more hungry for his word. Do you know our young people don't know how to read their Bibles anymore? Some of you old people haven't read your Bibles in a long time. Why don't you get hungry for the word? It's in the word that Jesus comes alive. It's in the word that, that you, you find out things that you never knew about God. It's in his word that, that he speaks to you. I was coming home the other day and I was, I was reading through First and Second Chronicles. Not pleasant chapters to read. You think, we think we have it bad. I'll go back and live back then. Thank God every day for what we have. Because what we have, no matter how bad it is, is still better than what it used to be like. And we forget that. And you know what I asked the Lord this year? I said, make us uncomfortable. You know the problem with the world today? We're, we're too damn comfortable. We just get comfortable all the time and we want our comforts. We want our nice sofas, our nice cars and our nice houses for comfort. Why? So that we can become more lazy and not, not, not struggle. And I've asked the Lord this year, hey, make me uncomfortable. I learn more when I'm not comfortable than when I am comfortable. So what do we want? We want the nice things. Lord, give us the things that refine us. It's not easy. It's hard. But I feel like this year is a year where God will do something in your life. He'll transform you. He'll take you from A to B. And you think A's good. A's not good. Because God loves you too much to leave you there. He wants to take you on a journey and take you to the next place. How hungry do you want to go? And when the Spirit of God begins to move, He's the one that transforms. When the Spirit of God begins to touch our lives, He's the one that changes our lives. When we recommit to Him, He's the one that brings freedom and hope and peace and joy. You've got to want it. Fan into flames the gift within you. How do you do that? Well, well, we say, God, fan the flame inside of me. No, God wants you to take responsibility for you. 
I read something funny again over Christmas. Some of you will be precious about this, but I'm going to offend it. Um, you know that, that little poem, Footprints in the Sand? Well, another pastor from Australia wrote Bum Prints in the Sand. And, and I, I giggled because it was like, get up. You don't need Jesus to carry you because he's carried you your whole life. That's his promise. But if you're dragging yourself in the sand, that Jesus has to drag you along in the sand, then that's on you and not Jesus. I just feel this morning like the Lord said, hey, get, get your butt out of the sand. Start walking. Walk with the Lord. Walk with him. I was going to do this at the end, but Ian, Ian would you put up that, that image for me? Last week we went to Prague. I haven't had a break in a couple of years, but it was really good. We went to Prague, got an extra night at Ryanair's expenses, except they made us pay. <laughs> anyway, we, we went to St. Victus's uh, Cathedral. Some of you may have been there. It's a, it's a massive cathedral. It's probably the biggest one I've ever been in. But uh, some of you sang the Christmas carol called The Good King Wenceslas. Well, this is, this is, this is Duke Wenceslas. They made him the king, but incredible man of God. He got he, he knew who God was. We were we visited his his grave, his um, um, tomb is in the cathedral. It's ornate like you wouldn't believe. And the Czechs take a great pride in this man, good King Wenceslas. And and they're, they're not interested in, in in what he did as a king. They were interested in what he lived like as a Christian. And that's what they were promoting. We love this man because of his his Christian principles. And on the feast of Stephen on Boxing Day, he went out around the city to feed the poor. And it was a real snowy blizzard night. And he had a page with him and the page was getting colder and colder and colder. And he didn't have the conviction that the king had to feed the poor. And the page got lost. And good kings went once they said, hey, follow my footsteps and you'll not get lost. And I felt like the Lord spoke so clearly. If you follow my footsteps, if you follow the king's footsteps, you won't ever get lost again. No matter how bad the storm is, how cold it gets, how lonely and afraid you are, follow the king's footsteps. Didn't go well for the king. He was a good king and he got murdered by his brother. A bit like Cain and Abel. Sometimes we do the good things and it doesn't always end right. I felt like the Lord spoke to us this morning and said, hey, if you follow the king this year, follow his footsteps, you'll never get lost again. Um, I don't know your name, sorry, Cap, underneath the building there. Um, I, I was struck by what was written on your back. It said, believe in yourself. And uh, I felt like the Lord said, I've put something on your heart to help other people who don't believe in themselves. And I felt like the Lord had taken years to restore you to believing in yourself. And I feel like the Lord says, his hand is upon you to do great works this year with people who you've never known that you will come encounter to. And I feel like the Lord says that, that he has to work, he's a continue to work to do in you and that what he will do this year in you will set you up for the future in a way that you can't even see it. And Psalm 37, four says, delight yourself in the Lord and give you the desires of your heart. And I feel like God's put some desires in your heart that, that haven't come to fruition yet. And I feel like 2022 will be a year they'll come to fruition. And I feel like the Lord's hand is the hand to bless you. I feel like you've known not what it's like not to be blessed, but I feel like the Lord says, it says, I'm going to be a blessing that 22 will be a year of finance and blessing and freedom in a way that you could only ever dreamed about. If you follow the king, if you follow the king, if you commit your ways to the king, 
there's some people who message me all the time and they say, hey, John, um, would, would, you, would you have time to see me? Yes, come see me anytime. And then they don't always get around to doing that. And I can understand. It's intimidating coming into my office. I get it. You know what I discovered about people who are hungry? When they come through that door, God seems to do something in their lives that, that they just kind of clicks up and changes. How hungry and desperate are you to follow the king this year? How desperate are you to follow the king? It seems like a simple thing to do, but it's not. It is not. It is not. It is so hard to follow the king. It will cost you everything. Cost him everything, it'll cost you everything. How hungry are you for the king? Father, this morning, would you come? Help us follow your footsteps, Lord. Help us not to be a drag. I don't want to be dragged along a beach anymore. Help me get up on my own feet and stand and become a disciple, solid and true in your kingdom, Lord, who knows who I am, who, 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 who can come along and I know who I am because of you. Now I'll walk, Lord, and I'll lead. Holy Spirit, this morning, come. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can you grab your seats, guys? Well, that deserves a clap, I'm sure. Give these guys a big nap. Come on. You know, I'm so thankful for the dedication of our worship guys. Um, Wes lives in in Portrush, lives on the North Coast, and he was in here at 8 o'clock this morning. You know, come on, give him a big round of applause. Steve and the guys. They come a little closer, but they were still in here at 8 o'clock this morning. Cool, so it's good. Hey, Happy New Year to you all. I've got a few announcements for you. Um, If you're watching online, it's great to see you as well. I know some of you are isolating or out of the way with COVID, and if you managed to duck it over Christmas, great. Uh, For those of you who caught it, you can breathe a sigh of relief for the next three months. And if you're vaccinated, God bless you, you'll be able to breathe a sign of relief too. But anyway, it's good to see you. Hey, we're really excited. Next Sunday, um, we've got a baptismal service. Uh, so a few people, yeah, come on. If you've not been, if, if you've not been to a baptismal service in our church, honestly, they are my favorite, favorite service. It's just emotional, powerful, Holy Spirit. I don't know why it is, but we just when we put a water tank up in here, and I get to hold people down a little longer, you know, and hang them in there for a while. God just seems to do something in them, and it's it is honestly it's incredibly emotional, incredibly powerful. And we've got a few folks that, that became Christians this year um, uh, who want to get ba- baptized. And uh, if you want to get baptized, if you've never been fully immersed baptism, and let me explain something. Some of you maybe have come from traditional churches, and um, and maybe you've been uh, uh, sprinkled on as a child. Um, I don't know that that's the biblical. We believe that's not necessarily the biblical way that, that God does. There's something about going into a watery grave and being raised up into the life of Christ that. Romans 6 through to 9 talks about that, that we want to em, emanate. emulate. And, and actually, when you go down into that water and you come up, something, something incredible happens. It's a public witness of confession of your faith of what Christ has done in that. If you've never been baptized and you want to know more about that, we, we're running a class this Thursday night at 7 o'clock here. You're more than welcome to come that. It takes about 45 minutes. We just talk through what happens, why we baptize the way we do, uh, talk maybe some of the reasons why other churches do it the way that they do. Uh, and then we'll have a tank up here on Sunday morning and we'll We'll, we'll call, I think there's four or five at the minute, but usually by the time that goes, we end up about 10 or so. So if you've never gone through the waters of baptism you'd like to, next week is your chance. So come Thursday, uh, and, that, and I promise you, we're going to have some hot water for you, okay? So <laughs> normally we do it in the lock, 
and that's usually murky and, and dirty. But some of you, no excuse now, because you said you didn't want to get done the locks, and now you can get done here, <laughs> all right? So we've got, we've got that coming up next Sunday. So um, yeah, listen, invite people along to that as well, if you've got your friends and family, and uh, you know, hope. Hopefully we'll be good. Um, also, next week starts, uh, not, not uh, uh, tomorrow, but next Monday starts our week of prayer and fasting. Um, if you've, we, we do two weeks of prayer and fasting a year. It started September, uh, and we also do it at the start of January, and we commit uh, that time to God. If you've never been part of our prayer and fasting, um, or you've never done that before, it's not, it's not an added-on bolt. Jesus commanded us to do it. He said, when you pray and fast. So there's something about being obedient to God that when we do this, um, if you've never prayed and fasted before, we'd like you to join us. That's next Monday through to Thursday. So you can take longer if you want. And um, people say, well, I'll fast media and I'll fast those things. And those things are good to do. But actually, I think the biblical context is reference to fasting food. Um, now, you've got to be smart about that, um, you know, but I'm sure some of you would be very happy to fast food after Christmas. Who ate far too much over Christmas? Come on. Yeah, I know. Cheese. What about cheeses? You know, cheese. Just too much cheese. All right. Um, anyway, and uh, we, we were around the McBurney's house, and it's like, it's just cheese to die for everywhere, rivers of cheese, and uh, it's like, everybody loves cheese at Christmas, and then you regret it first week of January, um, but in all seriousness, we, we, we want to take a week of prayer and fasting, so we meet here at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m., up in the, in the top room up there, uh, we just take an hour just to pray, and um, on the Wednesday, we're going to do something slightly different, on the Wednesday, um, we're going to do two, uh, 7 o'clock and 7 p.m., where nobody's going to pray in English, we're just going to pray in tongues for, for two hours. All right, so uh, there, there's no English on, on, on that day, and that some of you are going, well, I don't know how to pray in tongues. Well, if you want to learn how to do that, come to those prayer meetings, hang about with some people to do it, and I guarantee you by the time you're done, you'll probably be speaking in tongues, kind of how it goes. So, so that's uh, starting next week. Um, also, we've got a new... Um, uh, many of you know uh, Theotherapy is one of the courses that, that we run here. Uh, we've got trained counselors and that. And even though we use the word counseling, it's much more the ministry platform that we use to help people get freedom. And uh, even though it is the word counseling and it is actually a counseling qualification that you get, it's much, much more than that. And we've got a level one course coming up um, starting in uh, on the... 14th of January, Friday the 14th of January. Now, there is a financial commitment to that. It takes about a year and a half to do that. But can I tell you, you learn theology, you learn psychology, you learn philosophy, you learn church history, you learn about Jesus, you, you'll have your mind blown, uh, you'll learn about how, how brokenness happens, you learn about how the sins of the world uh, got taken care of, that we don't have a sin problem, we've got a broken love problem. You learn just so much from all of that. And we're really privileged to have Dr. Julia Muir um, be part of our church. She comes over from the south of England and she comes in and teaches this course. And Elaine and I are going to be doing a little bit more of that this year on level one. Um, but I want to encourage you, if, you've, if, you've, if you want to know more about that, or please also do not let money ever put you off doing anything in this church. Let me say that again. Do not let money put you off doing anything in this church. Uh, yes, we've got to pay things, but please hear our heart. Our, our heart. Uh, we used to offer our offering baskets. Don't get to do that anymore. But uh, the way we are around here, if you put money in our offering basket and you're, you're in need, take some money out of the offering basket. Uh, we're dead serious. And people go, well, I couldn't do that. Well, that's your pride and that's your false humility. You need to throw that in the, in, in the bin. If you're stuck, you're, you're struggling, or you want to do something, come and talk to me. For the love of we, we don't do anything around here for money. In fact, it's the opposite of that. Now, we still have to pay the bills. We still have to do things. But can I just encourage you, if you want to do that and money stop, and you please come and talk to me. And you've got a year and a half to do it. And you know what I've discovered when you go out in faith and you go, I don't have the money to do this. You know what I've discovered when you choose to do it? 
God somewhere along the way tends to come through. That's kind of the way he works. So that's our TT course coming up on the 14th of January. Um, also, our small groups are supposed to restart again in January, but right now with the current COVID situation and the government recommendations, we're back down to uh, three households in our room. So our small groups have got, our small groups just really have had a hard time the last couple of years. So we apologize about that. So we will hopefully get those back up and going again uh, sooner rather than later. And just a wee bit of a heads up, just something for you to look forward to. Um, uh, over the last few years, we haven't been able to bring any teams in. And uh, many of you know we're really good friends with Jordan and Christine DeMarco. Uh, Christine's a worship leader over in Redding, California. Uh, Jordan's bringing a small team over with him the first week of January, or the first week of March. And uh, yeah, he's coming back. Callie, Helen Jendel's coming back to lead worship for us. And Ben Fitzgerald's coming over from Awake Europe. We're going to do a mini conference here. So we're really excited about that coming up. And uh, we're excited about, about that coming up. So uh, I'm, I'm going over there in, in January just to hopefully tidy all of that off. And hopefully all things being equal, if uh, COVID doesn't destroy that too much, that will all happen. And finally, just we got our tithes and offerings. Um, um, if you're a UK taxpayer, a little envelope there, please give that. Can I just uh, encourage you? Um, we lost some people who were regular givers over the course of July uh, and, and August this year. Um, Obviously, COVID and all the rest of it, people take a look at that. But maybe 2022 is a, a real good time for you to relook at your tithes and offerings towards the church. Um, you know, I, I, we don't run around checking what people do. God's always looked after what we do. But um, not from our perspective, but from your perspective, there's something in the heart of generosity and giving into the, the storehouse of the local church where we bless other people. I mean, even this, this Christmas, honestly, this has been the best Christmas that the financially we've been able to bless people because the need was great this year. And that comes from the kind uh, kindness of people. Um, but yeah, I, give yourselves a, a big, big call. I think, I think all things told, I think by the time we're done, we'll probably about 12,500 of between Toy Tales and uh, so, so some of the, um, uh, the fuel voucher scheme. Um, if you know somebody or, or are struggling for fuel this year, we've got a fund that we've been given that Borough Council give us some money towards that as well. Please come and see me or if you know somebody that's struggling with that, uh, we'll be able to sort of make either with gas or oil or electricity um, that we have to spend it on that. So so please let us know if that's you. But we, we want to continue to be a church that blesses. Um, and maybe it's time for you just to have another re-look look at that and your tithes and offerings and what that looks like. We, you can give that uh, online. We've got a great uh, system called Church Suite. If you want to know what that is, come and talk to somebody more advanced than me. Where's Zara? She should be around there somewhere. And um, um, uh, come along and sign up for Church Suite. That's our system that lets you know everything that's going on. And just finally, we, we will be continuing our evening services on the last Sunday of each month, just to let you know that. And that's a more uh, come as you like, come Holy Spirit. So if you want to know more about that, last Sunday of the month is when we have our evening services. So anyway, um, without further ado, um, Happy New Year. And we're starting a new series called Catch the Fire. And um, um, it's one of those ones where, you know, everybody starts off in January with a vision talk. And um, uh, this morning, um, I've called this talk It, Catch It. We've been talking a lot about avoiding catching things this year, like let's not catch COVID. Uh, and then I've discovered that actually when you catch COVID, it actually brings you a sigh of relief because you get out the other side of it and it's not too bad. And then, and then, and then a new variant comes along and, and you try to avoid catching it. And, uh, and then people tell you it's not as bad as the other one. So uh, hopefully see. But um, uh, I want to talk about catching it today. And uh, uh, I wonder if you ever, how many of you have ever walked into church experience and, and walked in and discovered something that it was very, very dead? Uh, hands up if you've ever been to church experience where you've walked in and it was just, oh, you're all scared. Don't be afraid. Be honest. It's okay to be honest. Yet you've walked in and it just was dead. And uh, you might come along and say, well, well, that place didn't have it. It just didn't have it. And uh, many of you walked into a place where you've come in and 
there's been a buzz in the air and, and there's been a divine anticipation and it's like there's a spiritual buzz and the hairs in the back of your neck stand up and there's like a, a holy hum going on when you come into the room and, and you just walk in and you just know this is different. There's something different in this room with these people. It's just like, it's like, it's like you sense the presence of God in an environment and it's different and you're different and other people are different and yet you can go to these two places one Sunday to the next and have them different and you might walk out of there saying that place has it that place has got it and and how many of you have been to a place like that all of you should put your hands up because you're here now all right <laughs> and if you haven't been here then okay we'll talk about that but but uh, today I want I want to I want to talk about it everybody say it come on say it again I don't mean your cousin, by the way, okay? All right? It's interesting today how many uh, could name churches that have it. You know, we could go along, well, that church has it, or that church doesn't have it. Uh, and we can name those churches, and some of you might know today that if you believe, I, I really believe that God wants to give you it. You're all, you see, by now you should be going, what's it? Okay, that's good. You're, you're on that. But I think he wants to give you it in a very special way. Well, what is it? Well, actually, for the most part, we don't know. We don't know what it is. It's kind of like, I'm pretty sure it's got something to do with the Holy Spirit, but I'm also pretty sure that every church that has ever been established has the Holy Spirit in it. So even though they have a dead experience, it just seems to me that, that some people have more it than others. And it's kind of like one of those things where in some places it just seems just like, like there's a little bit more of whatever it is in other places. And I've got some theories about, about what it is. And, and, and here, here's, here's my theories, okay? This is, this is what I believe it is. I believe that God wants to make it happen. I believe it is for Him. It is by Him, and I believe it is for His glory. I believe we can't create it, we can't reproduce it, and we can't manufacture it. I, I can't put it in a bottle and give it to you so that you have it. I, I know that it's rare that one person brings it, but I know it's very common that the wrong person can kill it. I know that it can be, can't be taught, but it's much easier caught. You could say it happens. But often it doesn't. And there's good news and bad news about it. The bad news is, if you have it, doesn't mean you'll keep it. The good news, though, is if you don't have it, doesn't mean you can't find it. And I believe God wants to give you it, whatever it is. You see, you'll read stories from Acts in the early church, and, and when you look at them, you'll go, those dudes had it. Like, like they had it in abundance. I mean, I mean, you knew they had it. Why? How'd you know? Well, you tried to kill them and they spread. Even when church was boring, that dude, remember the, the church, the boring service, the dude that fell out the window and he died? They just raised him back to life again. And, and it, it doesn't get any better than that. It's kind of like they had it. Even in the boring services, they had it. And check this out. Someone needs to hear this today. If, if, if you're a believer, you have need of it. Because you can't, be a believer and not have it. And, and, and the good thing is this, is that whenever, whenever God comes along, when it begins to happen in our lives, whatever it is, 
And it's quite hard to nail down. And, and, and honestly, theologians have tried to nail it for a long time. And we give it words like anointing and presence and, and atmosphere. And, and, and people get very confused with that because there's much more than emotions and there's much more than atmosphere. It's, it's just something that is the mystery of God. It's it. And, and I wish I could teach people how to have it. I could show people how to have it. I, I can, but actually, you know what I discovered? Unless God gives you it, it, it ain't happening. And yet, God wants us to be hungry for it. And, 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 and here's what's interesting. When, when you get it, things begin to happen in the community that you're in. When you have it, strange things begin to happen. When you have it, people sell their possessions and give it to those in need. It's not just give you the leftovers of my pocket. I'll actually go out and sell something and give it to you because you have more of a need than I have it. Oh, for a consumer materialistic church, to become like that. And when the church is like that, God gave them it. And when people looked at it on the side of every part of it, God had it in him. How do we know that? Well, let me read you from scriptures. Let me tell you what scripture um, that, that God shows you that they had it. Let's look at Acts chapter 2. Starting at verse 42, if you've got your Bible, it says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe. Everybody say awe at the miraculous wonders and signs performed by the apostles, all the believers were together and had everything in common. Say in common. They sold property and possessions and gave to anyone who was in need. Everybody say anyone. They sold their possessions and property to anyone who was in need. That, that, that wasn't conditional. There was no conditional in that. If there was a need, they met it. There's something so incredible about a church that has it. When you get it, things begin to happen. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. Say favor. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Everybody say daily. When you have it, something incredible happens in our ministry. Imagine if God added daily to your ministry. Those who were being saved. I, I preached in this one time and I, I was trying to work out if seven people a week got saved, I was trying to do the maths and then some bright spark shouted out it's 365 days, which is, would be right if seven people got saved in a week. Um, but anyway, it, oh, come on. <laughs> See, you're all hungover from Christmas. You can't get the jokes. Um, but, but imagine that you had one person get added daily to our church. By this time next year, with 365 people, brand new believers saved in our church just by one person. And we say, John, that's impossible. Why? Because you don't have enough in you. You, 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 you haven't got it. And, and you say to me, but, but I, I, I want it. I need it. I want God to give it to me. I know what it is. I know what it looks like. I know what it feels like. I just want it all the time. So how do you get it? Well, it's quite hard to work out how you get it. And the truth is, there's no method or formula to how we create it. It just happens when God's people seek Him with all of your heart, all of your mind, and all of your understanding. And what I've noticed that over the years, that places and people that have it have certain qualities that, that seem to be kind of present when it's there. And I want to give you four qualities that I hope you'll get today that maybe help you catch it whenever we go along. The first one is this, if you're taking notes. Ministries, churches, and organizations that have it 
become laser-focused. They become laser-focused. Well, what do I mean? Well, they have an incredible focus on what the Lord has called them to do. I was talking to a pastor recently, and he, he, he's over in America, and he, he runs a church of about 4,500 people in it. Uh, I've been online, I'm, I'm talking to him a bit, and uh, he was telling me how the church has over 200 ministries. 200 ministries. And, and, and I didn't know whether he was telling me a bad joke or whether he wanted me to pray for him. Because I'm going like, 200 ministries? I'm like, you're not right in the head. You're crazy. It's like 200 ministries. He was complaining how his 200 ministries going, how this was great. None of them were working right. And I realized that he was like doing the scattergun approach where he was trying to do all of these things, please thousands of people, and he was doing none of them well at all. And can I tell you, when I started church leaders, when I first became a pastor, I wanted to do all these ministries. I wanted to have 200 ministries. I'm thinking, great, we got 200 ministries. We, we can reach more people. And then I realized, no, no, no. 200, more ministries doesn't mean better. I would say better ministries means better. And, 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 I, and I, I listened to a leader one time, a guy called Jim Collins, and he said that if you really believe in the mission of God that he's given you, then you should get it in your life and become laser-focused in that one thing. And you know what I discovered? When you become laser-focused on the one thing, God tends to add to it. But when you know your calling and you know that God gives you it and you become laser-focused on it, you actually become really good at it. And God begins to work through it. And God gives you something in your life that creates, I have a question for you. What's the very thing that you're best at? What, what do you think about yourself that you know you're the best at? You know, how do we think about that? Like, don't be doing the false humility Northern Ireland thing for dear. Oh, I'm not good at nothing. Enough of that nonsense. You need to rid that. It's, it's, a demo, it's a demon of the spawn of hell. All right? You need to rid yourself of that nonsense and start believing in yourself. Honestly, too many people in our country, that's why I love going to America. You know, Americans, they're nuts. God bless you, America. But the, the Americans that I work with, that are, they are not, my, even Mike, who's an American, he'll say, yeah, Americans are nuts. Yeah, he, he's an ordinary Northern Irish person now. And, um, and, but he, here's, here's the truth. You know what I love about America? Americans are so positive. They believe in themselves and they've got a confidence. What do we call it? We call it arrogance. And actually, we need a dose of that in our culture. Because it, it, it's something we're really, what are you very best at in ministry? And here, in order to reach, listen to this, in order to reach more people that no one is reaching, we're going to have to do things that nobody else is doing. Let me say that again. In order to reach people that nobody else is reaching, we have to do things that they're not doing. And people, people say, you know, Journey, you guys are a wee bit weird. You, you do things very differently to the rest of the world. Yes, we do. Uh, thank God for it. And there's a reason for that. And it's uncomfortable. You don't come and get to sit in this church and sit comfortable every Sunday, do you? Especially when I'm preaching. And, and that's the way it should be. Because if you're sitting here being comfortable every Sunday, I'm not doing my job right. And you haven't got it right. We have to, we have to in order to reach people, we have to start doing things a different way. In order to be the things that we're good at, we're going to have to learn, how do we get it into the things that I've got a passion and heart for? Listen, what gets you out of bed in the morning? Some of you saying nothing. My daughter's saying I heard a wild buffalo wouldn't get her out of bed in the morning. But seriously, what gets you up in bed in the morning? What, what are you passionate about? What, what, 
What, what lights a fire in under you? What is the it in you that gets you going in the morning? Some of you might say, my kids, <laughs> six o'clock in the morning. That's not what I'm talking about. No, they should be your passion. What, what floats your boat? What, what do you burn? What desires inside of you? What, what is the it in you? Can I say something? Grab hold of that and find a ministry in that opportunity. And it, you know, you might be saying, well, it's not of God. What gets me out of bed in the morning might be whatever, going to the gym or, or hunting or shooting or fishing, whatever it is. Something might get you. To, well, go start a ministry in that field. Yeah, honestly, it's like you—you—you you, you, you gotta get excited about what you think. Hey, I mean, can I can I say? Listen, we, we don't have two hundred ministries around here because I don't think you can do two hundred ministries at all. I, I, but I think when God gives you one thing and He puts you in the first place, keep listening to what God's got, got for you and do that assignment first, and stick to that assignment. And you know what I've learned when you stick to one assignment and you keep doing it and you keep doing it and you fail and you fail and you fail. Eventually, you get it. It's, it's a weird. We want it in order to do the ministry. And I've discovered something. You don't get it until you do the ministry. It's, it's upside down. Start doing something and God blesses it. Stop putting things in the way. It's, 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 listen, I believe with all of my heart this year our passion is to go after the Holy Spirit in a new way. That our passion is to go after revival in a new way. Our passion as a church is to commit to following the king every step that he leads us. And we will continue to do that as an eldership, as a leadership, and as a staff. We will follow the king. And you know what? Sometimes following the king, we get lost because he's way ahead. And we're trying to follow his footsteps and saying, slow down, Jesus. We're, we're not running. And usually I'm running 50 yards ahead of everybody else. And I'm going, hey, come on, catch up, will you? And, and it's this thing where, 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 where God wants to, listen, I want to see more disciples being made. I, I, and I want to see God disciple people in a way that you can stand on your own two feet. The kingdom of God was not just about getting lost souls saved. The kingdom of God was about making disciples. And it's easy to get people in this building and actually get them saved. I have led thousands of people to Christ over the years. But it's a lot harder to get them seven years on their journey. And that's actually what we got to start doing. we got to help people. When they get saved, hey, we can't just leave them. Too many churches have broken them, get them saved, and then they don't know what to do with them. Well, half the renegades we have in our church. Yeah, I'm talking to you. You're, you're who I'm talking about. And I thank God for renegades. Why? Because we're doing something that nobody else is doing. Because nobody else wants the renegades in our church. We want the nice people. I don't want them people. I don't want to go to ministry with all those they're all dodgy dudes. Yes, they are. Welcome the journey. You get to hang out with the broken, the damaged, the murderers, the drug dealers. And that's just me I'm talking about. No, I'm joking. <laughs> but you come the journey and that's what you get. Does that sound like the church that Jesus would have it in? Yeah. It's, it's like, how do you measure success in a church? I ask myself all these times, how do I measure the success of our church? You know how most churches do it? The numbers of bums on seats. I couldn't care less about the numbers of bums on seats. I care less about the quality of the it in your life. 
I care more about the heart condition of your soul in order to you to help make more. My job is to help you make more disciples of Jesus. Disciples making disciples who make disciples of Jesus. I, I will put my hand on people and help them become disciples. But you know what I've discovered as a leader? I'm better if I can get 20 people in our congregation making disciples who then go out and make 20 people. I do far more greater good for the kingdom when we understand what it is about the disciple making process. Jesus takes one, one or two people, 12 men, and he encouraged them. And then what did he say? On you go, chaps. Get out and do it. Who are you discipling? You want it? Start to disciple someone. Pick the hardest person, the person you don't like. Go disciple them. You want to learn how to be a kingdom builder? You want to learn it? You want to learn the miraculous? Go find somebody you don't like and disciple them. That's my story with all of you. No. <laughs> You know, when I started, we wanted sports ministries. I, I had all this idea of after schools clubs and sports ministries and football clubs and hockey clubs and basketball clubs and all sorts of things. And, and, and what I realized was we were, we were starting new Christian leagues. And we invited, we invited the Christians out of the non-Christian leagues, put them in Christian leagues where they learned how to curse and swear. <laughs> you think I'm joking? And then I realized we've got this all wrong. We, we need to be taking the Christians out of the church and put them in the non-Christian leagues with the people who, who are swearing and cursing and they stop swearing and cursing because those people will hold them to account more than the people in God's kingdom will. It's interesting, isn't it? What do we want to do? Well, let's bring them into our club when actually God's called us to go. If you're not, if you're not involved in a football league, a gym, a fishing club, something you need to spend this year getting committed into something like that and go make disciples in there. Let me tell you something. I, I, I tell this story all the time. I'm part of a fishing club. I'm the treasurer of a fishing club. Dear knows why I do that. Every time I try to let go of it, the Lord hits me a slap and says, are you going to practice what you preach? And I can tell you, there's renegades in that club. And they pick up the phone. John, and then every now and again, when you're out fishing late at night, John, can I come and talk to you? And they start telling you all their life problems because they know you're a pastor. So down the river, they call me John the Baptist. <laughs> true, true story. That's what, that's what they call me. And it's this thing. And, why, and every time I go, I can't be annoyed with this anymore. I'm too busy. God says, no, you, you, there's a reason why you're here. And I want to encourage you. What are you committing to in 2022? What, what you, I, I, I digress. I need to keep moving. Listen, I, as a church, we've committed to nine ministries within this church. And I'm, right now, we're not going to go off uh, anymore in this. And, and, and here's what we've committed to. Sunday worship and prayer service. We've committed to small groups when COVID allows us. We've committed laser-guided ministries to children and youth ministries. We're committed to local outreach, mission, and resourcing local organizations. We're committed to reclamation ministries, healing, deliverance, and counseling. We're committed to men's and women's ministries. We're committed to teaching and equipping and resourcing the saints for acts of service, and we're committed to planting churches. Any church planters out there ready to go? I tell you, church planting is the stupidest thing anybody can do in their lives. You think I'm joking? I am not joking. And when I, when <laughs> I have an angel that shows up that tells me to plant churches every now and again. He's recently showed up. I'm like, oh, okay, here we go. And you sit waiting for the Lord to unfold. And then the Lord begins to unfold. 
and you begin to see the things begin to unfold and happen to you. And, and we're committed as a church to those ministries. Why? Because it's in those ministries that God's called us to do what? To help you become disciples of Jesus so that you can become disciples of Jesus. Let me ask the question again. Who are you discipling? If you're not discipling somebody, you don't have it. You keep praying to God, give me more of it. I want his presence. I come to church and I put my hands up and I go, God, give me it. That isn't how you get it. You'll experience it, but you won't get it. Do you know how you get it? Do what Jesus did. Take up your cross and follow him. Go and make disciples of the nations. Heal the sick, cast out demons, raise the, raise the dead, preach the gospel. That's what he commanded us to do. Not too many doing that come forth Lazarus thing, are they? Why? Because we've got to be laser focused. Every, every time... I look at other people and in a community, it just seems to work. And sometimes I think a, a thousand times we need to be more involved in our local community. We, we, we just need to be. I, 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 it's interesting. I, I, I watch sometimes, <laughs> I, I watch sometimes awards being given in the local community here. You get awards for this, that, and the other. And every end of the year, they give you awards. And um, do, do you know what I love about our church? Every one of you who've given to something this year needs a reward. But the moment you need a reward, you don't get it. The moment you advertise what you did, you don't get it. It's an upside down kingdom. You give in the quiet, guess what happens? You get it. It's, it's, it's so against the world's thinking that if you want it, then these are the things you've got to do. This service, not the building, not the church, not in this place, none of this building, place, environment is the church. It's not. You're, you're the church. You, that's what the Bible says. You're the church. Okay, God didn't come to build buildings. He came to build people. Number two, if you're taking notes, churches with it see opportunities other, when others see obstacles. Churches that have it see opportunities when others, other people see. The moment you limit God in your minds, you will only ever see obstacles. It's driven by fear and governed by a poverty mindset. Churches with it never limit God. I, I tell you, we're, 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 we're living proof of that. We never limit God in healing, forgiveness, finances, vision, hopefulness, a belief in the miraculous, and, and, and all these things are possible through Christ who strengthens me. And yet, what do we do? We, we, limit, we limit it. Listen, he who has the most hope has the most influence. He who has the most hope has the most influence. You ever want to hang around with a hopeless person? Seriously, who wants to hang around with a hopeless person? You ever hang around with those people? Life's so bad. Life's so dull. Now, I'm not, sometimes life's hard. That's not what I'm talking about. But just people who just live in hopelessness all the time. You ever hung around with them? Man, they will drag the life clean out of you. And you know what I discovered? You go in to try and help them, but they, they end up sucking the life out of you rather than you helping them. And you become hopeless too. And then you all have a pity party together. Good. <laughs> He who has the most hope has the most influence. Are you going to be an influencer this year, 2022? Who are you influencing? What are you influencing? But the churches and the people say that if 
If only I had this and only I had that, if I could do this. And I mean, I had a pastor in here this last couple of weeks and he's like, oh man, I, 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 I'd love a church building like yours. I says, well, you can have it. <laughs> we, 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 two years ago, do you remember? Standing in Antrim Grammar School, received an email that week. Hey, John, can't come here this Sunday. What are we going to do? We had nothing. We had no cameras. We had nothing. And the space of two weeks, a bunch of dedicated team we put together. We got a bunch of cameras, big stolen bother, and we went to live stream. And I remember standing up on that last Sunday in Antrim Grammar School. Some of you were there. And I remember saying, hey, we're homeless. And you remember what happened? We all laughed. Yeah. We all just laughed. And other churches would have went, oh, no, we're doomed. Help. What are we going to do? And it would have been easy to see the obstacles. Instead, what had God, God created an obstacle so that we would have a miracle. Yes. <laughs> Can I say, you have everything you need for God to give you it. Do you know the limitation? You're the limitation in you. God has given you everything that he wants you to do and he will equip you. Why? Because you see obstacles. Talking to someone this morning. Oh, I, I, I don't have enough money to get by this next week or whatever. And I'm going, well, I'm, I'm, I'm too prideful to ask. Yes, you are. But sometimes in a community like this, that's why we have a community in this, so that we can actually bless those that are in need. That's how you get it. But what we do, we see obstacles. I would love to do that theotherapy course, but money's an obstacle. Well, you've already dismissed the ability to give the freedom and the healing before that gets to it. Why? Because you've made an obstacle instead of allowing God to give you a miracle. Every time, and the elders will testify this, going back all the years that I've been a pastor, I have vision out here. If, if I could implement the visions that I know that God's given me, it would cost probably 40 million pounds. You're laughing. I'm not even joking when I tell you that. I have a vision. Me and Ali Couples have been working together the last few while. I have a vision for a rehab. You know Northern Ireland doesn't have a rehab. Doesn't have a rehab. We've got to send our young men and women away across the water to help them get out. That is something that's on my agenda. To ch to Twelve and a half million that rehab will cost. Do you know what I've discovered when you go after the vision? I don't create obstacles anymore in here. Because the moment I say, ah, give up on that, 12 and a half million, that's nonsense. I couldn't do it. Let me tell you something. If I said to you, how many of you could raise 100,000 by next Friday? How many of you, now some of you could, but how many of you, you'd all be sitting there going, nah, couldn't do it. No way, John, that's crazy. I couldn't, I don't have the ability to do that. And you're probably right. But let me throw, throw a curveball into this mix. Let's say one of your loved ones was dying. And there was an operation available, only private, and you had to raise 100 grand. Would that change the goalposts? How many of you think that you could raise 100 grand? Some of you would be going, well, you know what? I'd be doing my best to try and do it. Well, what's happened? What was an obstacle a minute ago is no longer an obstacle. Why? Because you've got a vision. And when God gives you a vision, he's the one that comes through. We're, we're, we're living testimony. 
This April, we'll pay, bar the rent, this April we'll pay off everything that's in this building. We're not even two years. We're not even two years into that. Honestly, it's like I go, how do we, I had a pastor come in and looked at all our technology and go, how'd you do that? You know what I discovered? I discovered we, we've got better cables in here than any other building on the planet right now. I know because I paid 500 pounds for a roll of 100 meters. But honestly, we, we have no bottleneck in here. God bless Ian, Ian Watt. But Ian Watt came to me and said, John, if you're going to do technology in this building, you're going to go for the future. You can't do it this way. And I'm having a conversation with Ian going, Ian, that's going to cost hundreds of thousands of pounds. He went, yes, you're right. He says, but that's what you've got to do. I remember scratching my head going, the Catherine McKee, who's the other elder that looks after the finances along with Yasmin, is going to kick my butt if I tell her we're going to spend 100,000 on technology. So I gradually started talking about a screen and I started talking about cables and I started talking about cameras. And, uh, and after a while, she's like, wait a minute, we spent what? But we spent it and guess what? We've paid for it. And in September, we're going to start a school where this technology is going to be used to bring the best preachers, teachers, leaders in, this, in the world live into this room to teach people from Ireland the things of God. You see, what would have been an obstacle to some of you, which is what, hey, what, that, how am I ever going to do that? Is not an obstacle to, you know what I discovered? God, for some weird reason, keeps dropping millionaires and billionaires in, into my path. Honestly, I'm not joking with you. It's like, it's like God, he, how, how, people come and go, how do you find a few of those millionaires, John? I don't, I don't know. You just kind of do it. You just kind of walk along the journey and God brings them into your life. And then before you know it, you're having a conversation with them and billionaires are dropping 20K into your building fund. And you're going, how? How'd how that wee boy from the Dublin Road manage to get here? Why? Because I stop seeing obstacles and I start seeing what's able. And that's how you get it. You've got to stop seeing the obstacles. You, you've, you've got to understand that when God gives you a vision, he, he, he often guides by what he doesn't provide. Let me say that again. He often guides by what he doesn't provide. Uh, he, the amount of times, honestly, the amount of times whenever a problem comes along and God hasn't made provision, rather than getting all disturbed and flustered and wondering what we're going to do and shutting things down, we go the opposite way. We run harder at it. We run faster at it. We run into it. And it might cost millions, but guess what? He... Yet, everything we've ever put our hand to, God's always supplied it. There's, there's times I look at the bank account and go, how are paying the wages this month? How are paying the bills this month? And every single month, bar none, even when some of you stop giving or some of you pull back or whatever goes on or whatever condition, God, he's still every month, month. Why? Because there's something that when you get it, God provides. Stop seeing obstacles and start seeing the, the, the mission and the calling of, of what, what God. Listen, when, whenever you see opportunity, take it. Do not limit financially, infrastructurally, time commitments to what God will do in your life if you make a choice to say yes to him. You want it? Say yes to the things that are impossible. Listen, I've heard it all the time. <laughs> Christians, all the time. Oh my goodness, we're way over time. Dang it. I was good. I'm not going to be able to give you all the points. I can't believe that time. 
I was having fun preaching. There you go. I've heard it all the time. Failure is not an option. And I agree. 100% failure is a necessity. You've got to fail in order to thrive. You've got to move on. I, I, honestly, you've got you, you to do. And listen, I'll finish off with this. Churches who have it are led by people who have it. Come on, worship band, back up again. I, I stepped into a time warp. The churches that have it are led by people who have it. Can, can, I, can I say, in the selection of leaders around our church, and, and, and how, how, how we do it, we have to see it in you. Now, sometimes we see it in you, but you're not ready to carry it. Now, what do I mean when I say that? Well, sometimes we see the gifting in a person, and sometimes there's too much garbage going on in their lives, too much stuff going on inside of them, too much drama in their lives in order for them to move into the place where they got to carry it when you start to lead the people of God. So when we're, we're looking at leaders and we're looking at people who carry it, and you know what I discovered? Around our church, most people have it. But God wants to do something inside of you that is greater. Listen to me. The work he does in you is far greater than the work he does through you. Let me say that again. The work he does in you is far greater than the work he does through you. It's why we, we invest a lot of time into theotherapy. Because I've discovered we have tools that help you deal with the things that stop you from moving on when God wants to give you it. And if you want it, the only advice I can give you is you've got to get hungry for it. I don't fully understand how, other get, how people get it. All I know is this, is that when I stopped trying to get it, I got it. When I spent time alone in the intimacy of God, reading my Bible and, and asking God and seeking his heart and going intimate in here and dealing with me, I got it. Then I started to look at other people who had it. And guess what I did? I started chasing them around the planet. I searched them out. I, I wanted, I, I was, uh, Rachel's um, grandfather passed away before Christmas, um, 98, and just incredible man of God. Never been a funeral like it. It, it, was, it, was, it. it was just an incredible funeral. And everybody's looking at me going, aren't funerals meant to be sad? This one wasn't. This one was the most glorious, hope-filled, going on to glory funeral I've ever been at in my entire life. I said to, I said to Rachel, if I go, that's the way I want to go. Let me go that way. And then I said to Ethan, I want a Viking funeral. Put me put me in a canoe out in the lock and send fireballs in and let me, let me float away. That's how I want to go out, all right? <laughs> Haddon Wilson, pastor of Balanhage Baptist, 33 years. Incredible man of God, elderly, frail man. Preached one of the best gospel messages I've ever heard. And it wasn't hanging you over hell. It was, hey, the best thing you can give the best thing you can give to your family is that they would know you're going on to be with Christ. That you would know because you know because you know that you have an eternal salvation with Jesus Christ. And it was mind-blowing. I went to him afterwards and said, Haddon, you've got it. I would like it. Put your hands on me and give it to me. You know what he said to me? In all the years, nobody's asked me to do that before. I was gobsmacked. How do you get it? Start hanging around with people that have it. You want to speak in tongues? come to the prayer meetings where it's happening. I don't know what it is, 
Because every time I think I understand what it is, God changes the goalpost. And it is definitely time. Why don't you stand? Oh, Lord, this morning would you give us it? Give us a passion for it. Help us discover it. Help us to deal with our lives, whatever help us to carry it. And Lord, this morning would your peace, your grace, your love, your power come and fill us in Jesus' name. Happy New Year.